Okay, hi. Um, it's Tanya for Yud Iyar, the 10th of Iyar. Um, we're up to Parak Memvav, part 2 of 4. So, 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 so. Hi, Malka, good morning. Um, okay, so what Parak Memvav is about is it's another method of, dis- of uncovering our love for Hashem, a.k.a. our intrinsic state of self, our baseline state of self. Um, yes, you can see here. Oh, your skirt is so pretty. Oh my gosh. Um, so we're talking about another way of kind of revealing this natural love of God that we have. And in the difference between Parag Membav and all the other chapters is that all the other chapters were, were, we were revealing the state of love for Hashem as a response to my inner experience. So I feel that I love life. I feel like I love my father. I feel like, you know, Hashem is everywhere. Like I am kind of conjuring up this experience of love for God coming from inside of me. Perak Mem Vav shifts a little bit. And Perak Mem Vav says, I'm, now the altar says, I'm going to tell you another way of kind of something that you can meditate on to reveal this love that you have for Hashem. But this time, instead of focusing on what you have and on your love for God, what you're going to focus is on God's love for you. So yesterday's Tanya, I recorded it for like 40 full minutes. <laughs> like I was, there was just so much going on in the parak, first of all, and also in my own head surrounding the parak. Um, just about like, what does that even mean? Like, how could we, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's not easy to like say, oh, let me just meditate on the fact of how much Hashem loves me. Like, sure. Yeah. Okay. God gives me life. But, like, God does a lot of things that are not loving, too. And, like, there's a lot of things that I want from God that he's not giving me. And there's a lot of things that he's doing in the world that I wish he wasn't doing. And there's, and it's just, like, for me, it was, like, almost vulnerable to, like, let myself explore these chapters. Because it's, like, it's, it feels almost like I'm agreeing to, like, believe that God is only good and that means that like everything that's happening in the world that i don't like is also good and like it, it was this like whole emotional experience for me and then yesterday though in the tanya itself alter but literally addressed my feeling where he said that before he even got first the beginning of yesterday tanya was like i'm going to tell you another way of of something that you can meditate on to let to reveal your inner love for god and then before the altar but even said First of all, this whole Tanya is for Fuah Shalima, for Al Tashina, Bas Rachel Yosefa. First of all, um, I like put it right on top so I remember to say it. Okay, but for real, Hashem, like, in all your loving kindness, just heal her. So, but yesterday, in yesterday's Tanya, the beginning of Tanya is like, okay, so I'm going to tell you this new way of loving God. And then Dalter was like, Dalter basically gives a mushal before the Nimshal. And what's the mush? It's, it, but it's, it, it's one pasuk, which we've all heard a billion times. Right? Like my water. <laughs> You're just like different than usual. How can you tell? You're laughing at me? I'm not laughing at you. I'm just. Okay, this is awkward now. I love you. I mean, you sit here every single day. So it's like. Did the one day you look a little different? Like she's rubbing her eyes. No. <laughs> okay, this is. She has a thigh. <laughs> okay. She has a thigh. Stop thigh. No, it's not a thigh. You just look tired. Like you look tired. Uh, uh, you look <laughs>
This is so awkward, guys. Continue your tiny class. <laughs> okay. Get back on track. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly starting to feel a little bit loopy. The way, like, Risa will come in and you say, like, hi, Risa. Like, <laughs> there's a laugh. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, yes. It's it's like, like low-key the Truman time. Show. Like. Yeah, it was so bad for the team, though. It literally shuts at 9. How crazy. It's <laughs> 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 What time do you wake up, Risa? What? What time do you wake up? This whole thing. It has. It has. No, it happened. So my alarm's set for 8. It's gonna be a thing. Really? Yeah. How do you get here now? Yeah, what are you doing? I just say get out of bed when my alarm goes, but it's like set for 8. Okay, listen. I feel like it's better to come halfway through than to not come at all. Valid. Also, I came like two minutes ago. Also, we just started. Also, we didn't start at all. Well, it's kind of started. I said the introduction to yesterday's Tanya. That's where it comes from, by the way. You're coming late. It's because you know that you'll still make it. It's not. I always come over in the middle. But it's not really in the middle. Really? I mean, you missed out on a lot of stuff. Like she's still Really? Okay, anyways, so yesterday's Tanya, we were, this whole parak is about meditating on God's love for us, da 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 da. The mushal that, Hashem, that the altar bay gives is, right? As water mirrors the face, so does the heart of man to man. So, what's the altar bay basically saying here? He's using like almost a natural thing that happens in life. What, what is reality? Okay. Sorry, going back a second. What does mean? It means that when I see my reflection, what do I see? I see my panim. So there's two ways of looking at that. Simplistically, it's like I see what I look like, right? You look in the water and you see what you look like. So too, when you see somebody displaying love for you, it's going to arouse your heart. Like the same way that a reflection reflects you, also, to a, a person's love will also reflect onto you and you're going to feel what they feel. But just one of the things I was noticing yesterday, and just in very short, is that like, kemaim hapanim lapanim, meaning like panemius. Like, and we all know this already. That like, I don't see what is; I see what I am. And the what, the world that I see around me isn't going to be a reflection of what reality looks like. It's going to be a reflection of what I feel to be true. A about myself, about reality, about life, about Hashem. That's what I'm going to see. And literally, I just, what Alter is saying is so powerful. It's the same thing with relationship. It's the same thing with love. If I don't feel that I am worthy of love, if I, if I have these like projections and these stories and these definitions on what love is supposed to look like and how love is supposed to feel, and I'm only deserving of love when fill in the blank and whatever it is, then that is the love that's going to be responding to me. That is going to be my experience of love in life. Right, and so to me that was just like such a clear thing of what the author was saying. Like, it it made me go inwards and be like, okay, so I'm having all these problems with this parak of Tanya because I'm so concerned with like, oh, I'm afraid to say that Hashem loves me. And it was like the author was like, kamaim hapanim lepanim. Like, what is going on inside of me that I am afraid to acknowledge that Hashem does love me? What is what is what is my pneumius? experiencing that's causing this reflection back onto me of wait Hashem's love isn't unconditional it's so crazy because this is a reflection like a microcosm of like all our relationships yes or the macrocosm yeah one of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like the it's a well, yeah. literally yeah exactly 100% a while ago. 
Exactly. Come on, I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent. I'm not a God I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent. I'm Very interesting, yeah. That's why it's important to raise kids in an unconditional way. You're literally teaching them about Hashem, teaching them, and you're teaching them about Hashem. You're teaching them literally about their essential worth. Wow. Yeah. Translates into everything. It's crazy. Anyways, though, the good news though is the power of this parrot. I'm just joking, everyone. Off the record. Wow, what a Tanya this is. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, especially to Tanya that's recorded like this. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> For everybody who's like listening through this, like. <laughs> well, it's like a podcast. It's like I'm talking. Like, then I just listen to the restroom. I hear myself talking sometimes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, we have, we have like 10 minutes, though. Let's basically, uh, let's take 10 minutes. We have 10 minutes. It's okay. The good news is that even the whole value of this parak is it's a double thing. Is that first of all, yeah, notice the conditions that I am putting on to God, meaning the conditions that I have in my panemius that are causing me to see the reflection back to me in a certain way. Do I think that... God will only start loving me when I have this thing in my life. Do I think that love of God looks like that? And unless I do this, then... So it's that whole conversation. But then it's also... Meaning that sometimes it can be the reverse too. And that's what this parak is about. It's about when we notice that independent of who I am, independent of how I'm showing up, even if... As the Altarba says yesterday, the mushal that the Altarba gives yesterday, and then today is going to be the nimshal. The mushal yesterday is this king that is like this mighty grand king, and he owns half the world, and he's like this great king. And he comes to this guy who is submerged in dirt and filth, and he's like underground, basically. He's literally like, there's nothing about him that says, oh, I am worthy of the king's love. There's nothing. He, he's like in another dimension, other than I belong to the king. And the king comes over to him, and he pulls him out, and he brings him to his innermost chamber. He, that, I'll, I'll describe. So he goes through the palace into the inner room of inner rooms. And when he gets there, he embraces him, and he kisses him mouth to mouth, ruach to ruach. And it's like this whole emotional, intense situation going on. And if you think about what, what's happening there, it's like, like, it's almost like what the author is saying is that through notice, what, what is that person now experiencing? What happens? That person, he didn't think he was worthy of the king's love. His panemius was not there. He, he wasn't. He was in Mitzrayim, as we're going to see today. He was literally full of the Mitzrayim of like, I do not relate to this stuff. Like, I am not part of this love cosmic situation. Like, no, I am full of dirt. <laughs> but then when the king does that, this person suddenly starts saying, wait, like, wait, like, maybe there's a reason the king did that. You know what I mean? Kings don't do things randomly. Like, maybe there is something in me worth the king doing this to. And then suddenly I am like filled with this love as a response back to the king because there's two ways of looking at this. On a very, and I had this whole long conversation with my brother this morning where he was like, whatever, long conversation. But 
there, yes. <laughs> it's an ongoing conversation where he gets mad that I say to people that you are loved. Because he's like, what if they're not? And to me, I'm like, everybody essentially is. We have love inside of us. Like, our baseline is love. Our, we are, our, our existence is love. Very interesting. What? What did you say? I don't get what you mean when you say that God is love. Like, what do you mean by that? Good question. I don't know. Like, I think it's just the wording that throws me off because I don't think you mean, like, God is just love. Well, God is chesed, gvura, tiferes. God is. God is many things, but as Hasidus teaches us, and Hashem is also undefined, right. you know, but as Hasidus teaches us, Hashem as he, Hashem as he relates to us is chesed, is, but it's not chesed in terms of chesed gura, it's chesed in the sense of like Hashem's desire to create. It's the entire, uh, you can go look at it this way. Why did Hashem create the world? Right? What is that situation? It is an experience of relationship between God and the Nishamas, which by definition is, is love. So everything that Hashem ends up expressing through creation is all through the lens of that, which is all through the lens of, of love. As Love as you might be thinking of it, love meaning like that inherent point of goodness. Right. And like his choosing us. And- yeah. Wait, Hana, why would your brother saying that? Why does he get upset when you say everyone loves Because practically, you're saying practically? Yeah, you're saying practically people aren't. And to me, I think that when you say to somebody, even to somebody who isn't loved by other people, that you are loved, it awakens in them, literally, and it's funny, because I've been saying this for years, and then today the altar, the altar literally said, what in my opinion, I feel like I've been saying to my brother, like, when you tell somebody that they are loved, it awakens in them this experience, hopefully, of like, wait, maybe, maybe I have love inside of me. Because when somebody isn't loved, what ends up happening is they become unlovable. Like even children. What? Exactly. Right. So that's what it's. Right. Right. They feel that they're unlovable. Why? That's what children learn. But also, that's, that's what children learn. Like, if a child's parents isn't loving them, oh, so my parents are bad? Parents can't be bad to a child's eyes. So if my parent is not loving me, it must be my fault. I am the one that has this. Yeah, it's very scary. Whoa. Very scary. Whoa. Parenting is really so much pressure. Yeah, seriously. It's so delicate. Yeah. Wow. Okay, can we learn, can we learn today, Sonia? Sorry, it's totally my fault. I'm the one, like, totally distracted here. What? No. <laughs> yesterday's Tanya. Nice. I didn't learn yesterday's. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the end of yesterday's Tanya ends off that even if his heart be like a heart of stone, it will surely melt and become like water, and his soul will pour itself out like water with soulful longing for the love of the king. That is the experience that the subject of the king has when the king comes over to him and embraces him in this way. Vihine, kechol hadvarim ha'ela. In a manner corresponding to every detail and to the said figure and image that we just said of this example of the king coming to this person, and in a way that is the greater degree, double and redoubled to infinite more, this is what Hashem did for us. So now we're going to compare the king to God, the king in our mashal to actually Hashem. His greatness is beyond comprehension. 
And he pervades all worlds and encompasses. I'm kind of sad. I hope that the people who are listening to this didn't give up on today's Sanya because it's so, literally so beautiful what the elder was about to say. But it's okay. And he pervades all worlds and encompasses all worlds. I'm just going to go in Hebrew and then I'll explain it quickly. So it says that Hashem is literally infinite. There's myriads of angels. And then, the altar, then in the Gemara, it says that there's a specific amount of angels. And then the, altar, the question is like, what? So there's a specific amount? There's a certain amount of angels in a certain battalion, but then there's infinite battalions. And essentially what Alter is saying is that literally Hashem is infinite. In comparison to that king who is, to that person, so big and mighty. Us looking at Hashem, Hashem is this mighty, mighty. And all of creation, that is this godless Hashem, Hashem is mighty and massive and every single thing in creation is battle to Hashem meaning there isn't one ounce of creation that Hashem cannot see the details of why? because every detail of creation is battle to Hashem every detail of creation is it's like we are sitting inside of the sun like one word that's with compared slash within the power of speech like that word as it's before it even comes out of me. That is all of creation to Hashem. We are literally within God. So something that you can start to notice is that I was, I was, when I was learning this, I was thinking like, why is Altar bringing that in here? What's the point? And I was thinking that if we're actually going to have Das about this and translate that mushal into the nimshal. Translate that mushal of the king coming to this guy who is in the dregs of society. He's like the most, he feels the most unworthy of the king's love that could possibly be, right? He, there's, it's not even like a question. He has nothing to do with the king. And then that king comes over to him and says, I want you. What would be the first thing that the, that the guy would say to the king? You don't know me. If you knew what I did, if you know who I actually am, if you knew what's going on inside of me, you wouldn't be choosing me like this. Seriously, right? And then the altar, essentially before even saying the nimshal, he's saying this two paragraphs, full paragraphs. We are inside of God. You're going to say God doesn't know you? God knows you. Oh, that one thing you did that you're so embarrassed of, that one aspect of your relationship with him that you're like, no, Hashem can't fit into this part of me. No, Hashem is there too. There is no aspect of you or your past or your story or your traumas or your life or your choices or anything that Hashem is not inside of. That you are not with inside of the greater cosmic truth of Hashem. But why is that comforting? Why is that comforting? I don't know. Why is that comforting? It's not. To me, it's comforting because if we're coming off of the premise of that Hashem is good, you know, and Hashem is some evil monster trying to get me, it means that, it means that I was never an evil monster either. Everything about my life is within, is, has only ever been within, within Hashem. But in this context, that's a separate conversation though. I, I want to try to stay focused. But in this conversation, it's comforting 
because the context of today's Aperik Mem Vav Tanya is this God, this mighty God coming to this person who does not feel like he's worthy of the mighty God's love. And this mighty God saying to you, I love you. I choose you. Beyond all else, I choose you. And now you're going to look back at God and you're going to say, you choose me? You don't know me. Who are, you to, who are you to choose me when you don't know me? It's like, we do that all the time in relationship. You don't actually know me. You know what I mean? You're going to say you love me? I don't believe you because you don't know me. And Altar is prefacing the saying, no, Hashem does know you. Hashem knows you the way you know your own mind because we are inside of Hashem's mind. And, and we exist because Hashem says we exist, but everything that could possibly be about us is within, within Hashem. Like, I don't, I don't buy it. No, I, I, like, I, I feel like, like what I'm thinking yeah. God is like pulling us. Like God's like, I know you. I love you, and just trust me, and just follow me. Like wow. like this, this, the water or whatever. Like just follow me, follow you, follow me. Trust me that I love you because because I love you. You have love wow. in your heart, and wow. you have it. I'm gonna like just come to me. Wow, <laughs> that's so beautiful. I love that. that I do. I, it's not that I don't believe you, but I don't wanna. Okay. Yeah. 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 After Tanya. <laughs> okay, Bakulam Shailim. And so we talked about all these angels that are all this greatness of God. And all these angels ask God, We talked about yesterday that it's in the Brechas of Kriyashma. And we talked about we talked about yesterday that specifically this kind of love is gonna be manifested in the times of Shema, in times of Brechas Kriyashma and Shema itself. And now we're going to see the psukim in Shema that actually demonstrate what's happening here. So what's happening here? Chulam shayalim. All of the angels ask God, where is your glory? Meaning, where do you feel you're most represented? Where, do you, where is your love placed? Where is your intention placed? And Hashem answers, The whole physical earth is filled of His glory. Oh, the angels ask other angels, I guess, and then some angels answer them. The earth is full of his glory. The altar of his next lines. What is this earth that's filled with his glory? Why is the earth filled with his glory? This is the people Israel. We already did this in previous chapters. Because Hashem forsook, whatever that word is, like Hashem separated himself. Hashem's like, I don't care about the cosmos. I don't care about the higher world. Hashem didn't choose any of them. But who does Hashem choose? Yisrael, his people. Literally, I just bless us all as we're learning this to take a moment just for the rest of today's Tanya. Just notice every time it says like Jews and it's, it's I. Like, and even if you think about it in terms of the world, like don't even get into the spiritual cosmos. There's bugs and there's butterflies and there's boats and there's like there's every drop of water in the ocean and there's a sky with infinite colors and there's a milky way and a galaxy and there's a planet pluto and there's like thousands of stars that are all combusting and uncombusting it's like there's so much going on and then forget even about that then you take all of the people of the world and you look at all of their inner worlds going on and now suddenly there's like this exponential busyness within creation and where is Hashem's focus what does Hashem actually care about me me that's where Hashem's focus is on me 
and like Hannah Wasserman told me something so cute. She's, she was listening to, to, to this Tanya when it was talking about it a few chapters ago, and it was like Vihini Hashem love, and she's like, I don't have a hard time thinking that it's Hashem is focusing on me. I just have a hard time thinking that Hashem is focusing on me and on you. <laughs> <laughs> like, if Hashem is focused on me, then he's also focused that's on you. So, how can we share God? How can we share God? Exactly. Like, that's a really good point. But, yeah. I guess, like, if this is happening at all, like, it could also happen like that. Like, this is all so crazy. Oh, wow. Wow. I love that. That's such a good example. Like, it's possible there. It's also possible with God. I love that. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that Hashem got rid of all that and Hashem cho- chooses B'nai Israel. What's the example of is going to bring us? He took us out of Egypt. Erva Sa'aretz. Like the, the most erva is like the most concealed, the most skin of skins of skins of skins of the earth. In Mitzrayim, we were in our furthest dimension of who we actually are. We were in... You know how we talk about serpent skin a lot? Like how it's this, these layers of identity that we could get rid of? In Mitzrayim, we were literally the most far removed from who we actually are that is possible. Like, we did not resemble ourselves at all. We were in this... And Mekayim Hazuma, Vahatuma, a place of filth and impurity. We were filled with all that stuff. But Hashem came and He took us out. And how did He take us out? Lo Ayudei Malach. Not through an angel... No Ayyadeh Shliach, exactly. It says Chuluba, exactly. There was no messenger. You're right. It's it's Tara. I'm or, saying it's so, where is it? Like, there's an Ahmed Freed song. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but um, um, it's from. I'll tell you. 10. It's from the Haggadah. We know from the Haggadah. But where is that from? I don't know. Because I know the words. People wrote the Haggadah. Is this one of the top second? No. No. Vihini Hashem Mitzvah Love. Oh, is that not what you said? Well, I said that before. No, yeah, you're right. I did say it before. I said, can you, um, what did I say before? So deep when you like, know that it's coming from I did place. say it before. I said it out of context, though. I said, oh. but it was from the previous oh, parrot, but it was this, I was re- referencing no, it again. Like yeah. You got it. <laughs> Ten points. <laughs> Hashem didn't send somebody else. He wasn't like, oh, poor you. I see that you could really use some nourishment and encouragement. So I'm going to come send somebody to tell you that I think you're worthy. Hashem himself, in his greatness and, his, and in his essence. If you notice what's happening here, if Hashem is coming to us in his greatness, it means that he sees something great in you. Like, what's happening? You know what I mean? It's like Hashem is saying, I don't need to lower myself to come pick you up because I know that you are, you are this. Like, you know, if I, okay, the Sham Hashem went down to us, and I have descended to save him from, from Egypt. Why? And again, just, um, sorry, but just to notice, I just, can't get over this part of that all this happened after the altar but spent that time talking about the bittle of the world to Hashem like oh so that person in Mitzrayim is going to say God I'm too far gone you know what I mean or my toxicity that I have in my life or like the way that I see relationships or the way that I the issues that I have they're just too they're too big and I'm not able to heal them and I'm not able to invite you into this place of my life and it's like Hashem is literally saying like 
I see those places too. And I'm even, Hashem is coming to our Mitzrayim. Hashem is coming to our, you know, Greece and Italy also. Like, if Hashem is coming to Mitzrayim, there's no place that Hashem doesn't want to come to. And that's like the Mashiach's times where we're all realizing that like, means that there's no place inside of me that Hashem is not waiting to come into, including my fears and my, like, okay, I just want to go inside. Okay. In order to bring them near to him, with a true and close, in closeness and unity, with like a true closeness and unity, with the attachment of the soul, like we said before. So now, this to me, I'll be honest with you, and sorry that time is so long, guys, I apologize, but. To, to me, this was the first time in all of the months of doing Tanya. This is the first time that I ever actually like had an emotional response to this, what the altar was about to say. And the altar said it so many times, but I never got it. And I just thought that it's so powerful that I felt the emotional response, like because of what the altar is teaching. <laughs> like the altar is teaching, this is the method to gain an emotional response, and it actually like worked for me. Whoa. You get it? <laughs> so what does altar say? That what is this so look at what's the mashal this king bringing this guy into his palace and then kissing him and loving him and embracing him and mouth to mouth and it's it's like a whole intimate situation right what is the nimshal when we get brought into Hashem's innermost chamber what do we do there what do we do in Hashem's innermost chamber what is our kisses and hugs and intimate mouth to mouth well isn't it Hashem giving us the kisses the whole entire but it's yes it's Hashem giving us, but you can't kiss someone without them kissing you back. <laughs> a kiss, an intimate kiss, by definition, is that we're we're with each other. Sometimes, like we need to be pulled out. Like a dirty person needs to be pulled out. Like how can they be being pulled out with mitz- like with with giving? He's not. They need to be pulled out, pulled out, pulled out, and then they. Could he's not pulled out with giving. What this Tanya is saying is that Hashem pulls us out. Right. Then Hashem brings us to His innermost chamber, and He gives us this amount of love. And the point of today's Tanya, and I have chilled on my the point of today's Tanya is that we, res- because we experienced his love to us, we respond with love back. Once we're pulled the, out. Once we're pulled out. Once we're in that innermost chamber. But the altar is saying that Hashem did pull us out. Like Hashem, well, actually I wonder, because this is only talking about Mitzrayim, and I wonder if the altar is going to continue to say that Hashem kind of pulls us out every day. I'm not sure. But yeah, behold our radar. Literally, we have to remember it every day. It's Mitzrayim. Hashem allows us to be pulled out, but we need to, like, come on, we need to allow ourselves to see that we're pulled out. Absolutely. So if we're not seeing that we're pulled out, then we need to tap into being pulled out. Absolutely. And then only after that can we come to God and do something for God. Absolutely. Love. Which is well, that's the whole point of what we do right now. We're in the Gula, but we see it as Gullahs because we haven't revealed it to ourselves yet. But, like, we're in Gula. Yeah. Right. And so we could experience this if we let ourselves. You could if you let yourself. So if you're not letting yourself, right. then therefore, and that's, you can't necessarily do a mitzvah like, with this kind of experience. This kind of experience. And that's why, in my opinion, the altar starts right. this whole thing with kamayim ha'panim lepanim. Right. If you're not learning chassidus, if you're not engaging your panimius and doing this inner work that's going to let you have this experience, you're going to see his love as like, okay, whatever. That's going to be your experience. Whatever your internal experience is, that's how you're going to experience it. But the altar is saying is that when you meditate on this, that Hashem is pushing aside all of everything and just 
focusing on you and that even with all your layers, when you're in Mitzrayim, even there, Hashem is coming over to you and lifting you up. Right as you are, Hashem is holding you in His arms. When you meditate on that, it changes your primus. When you meditate on that, it opens your heart to something that you would not have been able to open your heart to before. So it's true. Our heart needs to be open to this. But the altar right now is giving us a meditation that opens our heart. Right. Yeah. It's the meditation to realize, hey, wait, I actually can tap into this. Exactly. There's something in me that is worth this. Like, I have this experience inside of me, and now it's just about feeling it. And then to connect. Exactly, but the connection that comes from this kind of meditation isn't just, okay, so yeah, let me do a mitzvah. It's, I am in this love, oh my God, like, I am being in, like, it's like this overwhelming experience. Is that what God even hears in? What? What does he say, was it? When you let everyone in the Well, yeah. So the difference between that meditation and this, and it's interesting, I could change it. <laughs> this, the context of this parak, and I, I, in my like teacher mode of this Tanya, this is what I always feel a need to like really try to like compartmentalize what each parak, because there's a difference in every parak, and the difference of this parak between like something like that meditation where we imagine ourselves in this circle of Hashem's love is that in this parak, what we're saying is that I am sitting in Africa on the streets begging for money. And I'm homeless. I'm not close to this at all. And Hashem, it's like Hashem takes that big circle of love and comes, brings me into it. And the way that we feel in this parak is the response to that experience of Hashem coming to us versus me realizing that I'm in Hashem. Me realizing that I'm in Hashem is the obvious element that we were talking about before. Oh, versus the Amulabu where like first realization comes and then reality. Wow. Exactly. So, but this is a much more, it's almost a much more human way of seeing things. Where, because reality is, is that I don't always feel this. And what we're saying is that even when you don't feel this, Hashem is coming to you and bringing you into it. Okay, so what is, it's, time is almost done, guys. One more paragraph. But what is, what is the love that we experience in the innermost chamber with God? The level of kisses, mouth to mouth, is to speak the word of God, which is halacha. And we know that when we do Torah, Hashem is doing Torah. We're both doing Torah. And literally we're... I'm like pointing to my mouth. It's so funny. <laughs> but like really, like it's like this intimate kiss that's happening through me saying halacha. You know what I think is so cool? Sorry, Mr. Reiner, you're like so No problem. Sad. But the mouth-to-mouth thing kind of reminds me of, like, okay, not really, like, CPR, but, like, yeah, it's the breath of life. Like, Absolutely. 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 All right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this context is the breath of life, and it's the breath of love. Wow. It's when we do Torah with this context, any time I speak a word of Torah, <laughs> like, literally, I am in this intimate kiss with God. I am, I'm reflecting wow. our inner relationship. And I think that that's why it's the first time I'm actually understanding what I've ever said this so many times that Torah mitzvahs are kisses and hugs with Hashem. What is so cool? Sorry. In seminary, we were learning about five love languages and how yeah. to maintain our relationship with Hashem. Wow. This kind of reminds me of physical touch then. Wow. Because I've been thinking about it kind of in more of a black and white way. Like, oh, this is a sin of soka. That's a physical. But like, this is also. This is like the deeper dimension of, of that. What, it's it's wow. It's like, 
what are we doing when we're sitting in a sukkah? What are we, like... We're getting a hug from Hashem! Oh my God! And not only getting a hug, we are hugging Hashem back. We are in this... We are in this, like... Wow! Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. When you really, like... For me, I only... The DOS left already, kind of. I only had it this morning. (laughs) But, like, when you have, like, a DOS about this, it's literally, like, the cosmic scheme of things. Like, there is a... There is... There's purpose in our lives. There's a purpose of the world. There's a truth of reality. And the way that I can tap into the innermost, deepest purpose of reality, which is for me and Hashem to be in an intimate relationship, is through saying words of Torah. It's like a couple that like, they go through their whole life and like the, the deepest part of their day is when they're in that intimate moment. You know? It's like, oh, I remember. I remember why I do all this. <laughs> I remember why I'm here. I remember, like, you know? it's just wild and and the fact that it's not like some crazy thing that we can never attain it's like halacha and and tara and learning mishnayas and learning tanya and and doing a mitzvah and tying your shoes the right way it's like so and like literally like everything with like i've been learning all about like quantum touch recently like this like how we literally have life force energy inside of our bodies and like imagine if we could tap into that like the next time i tie my shoes the right way not that i ever tie my shoes because i only wear blundstones but if I was tying my shoes, <laughs> by the way, awesome. literally, literally. I, I missed the mitzvah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm meeting to get the third year. What are they? They're barefoot shoes. They're so cool. They're literally like, like changing. All shoes are kind of how they squeeze our feet unhealthily. I'm like, we need to be grounded to the ground. Absolutely. It would have like a take off your shoes when you come into the space. Yeah, I was literally wondering if I could take everything off or you. Yeah. I'm not that natural. Like, I was sitting like, here, like, I want to take my shoes off. And I swear, I think my arches, like, high, I have, like, pretty flat arches. I think they're growing because of the shoes. Wow. Yeah. Like, that's what they said. They're it's getting like, more archy. They're, like, growing, and that's really that's not good. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But I walk around without shoes a lot. That's very good. And I also have very flat. Well, you gotta, like, do it. Like, I, you're coming out of just spending your clothes. Also, sometimes it's like, like, this guy who, like, never wore shoes. He only wore these, like, leather things under his feet. And, like, his toes look like this. Ew. Definitely. No. Not, like, super long. Like, spread out. Because he's using it as, like, a grip yeah. Okay, finishing Tanya. This fusion of spirit. The author was using the terminology that he used before in the Mashal. What is the fusion of spirit? It's comprehending Torah and the knowledge of his will and wisdom. The Chulachad Mamish, because Hashem's Torah and his will and wisdom, which is Torah and Chasidis essentially, is one with Hashem. And what is the form of embrace? When are we hugging God? And when we do the mitzvahs with our 248 limbs, because the 248 mitzvahs are the 248 organs of the king, as mentioned before. And like literally, you can notice the life force energy inside of your body as you're doing a mitzvah. Like you're literally inside of this intimate moment. It's not a, this isn't a spiritual concept. This is actually what's happening in the moment that we're doing these mitzvahs and, and learning Torah. And this is so beautiful. Risa, you're going to love this. In general, the author is teaching us that mitzvahs are divided into three categories. Right, left, and center. Right, left, and center. And so when I do all the mitzvahs, essentially what I'm doing is I am in and, and 
God is doing mitzvahs too. We know that Hashem works to fill in. We are in an embrace with my yamin, my small, and my amsa. The two arms and the body. So it's extraordinarily powerful, and it's very exciting. And tomorrow's Tanya, the first sign of tomorrow's Tanya, because it's so long anyways, I may as well say another one more sentence. What are we saying every time we do a mitzvah? What is kiddushanu? Kiddushin, marriage. Because any time we do a mitzvah, any time we learn Torah, what's happening? Whatever it is, to, we are literally drawing Hashem into our reality. Now Hashem is coming down into our reality in the moment. And what is the reality that is then being experienced? Intimate marriage with God, a hug and a kiss, and like rucha berucha, life to life, it's love to love. That simple. Literally that simple. That's crazy. It's like eating an apple and making a bracha. Yes. And imagine, imagine the experience you could have while eating that apple if you tapped into this. That would be the yummiest apple in the whole world. Like your whole body will be buzzing with this energy. Wow! What does that say? But you're saying Baruch Atah Hashem. You're, it's the, you're drawing Hashem. You're right, honestly. <laughs> I was trying to think where we could say that. <laughs>